Gibbs, founder of Incandescent Public Relations, publisher of Being Incandescent Business Magazine, and your host for the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on the Incandescent Radio Network, the voice of entrepreneurs. What if you could actually create the success you say you want in life? Could your fear of success get in your way? Quote, the fear of failure is a somewhat common scapegoat in the world of excuses, says author, consultant, and executive coach Russell Bishop. However, he adds, when confronting the myriad challenges we face in life, one often overlooked limiting factor just be what some have called the fear of success. And that's the topic we'll be talking with Russell about on today's episode of the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on IncandescentRadio.com. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, your host, and welcome to Russell. Thanks, Hope. Glad to be with you this morning. So among your many accomplishments, you are a writer and editor for the Huffington Post, where you crafted a series of articles on this very topic. In them, you suggest that fear of success and fear of failure can be very closely aligned. Can you explain why? Sure. It's, um, it's one of those kind of things that is almost oxymoronic when you hear it. Uh, how could fear of success be in the way when fear of failure is what we most often attribute the problem to? But one of the uh, very powerful limiting aspects of the way our brains work is that uh, we get used to things. And getting used to things helps us move through life in a very predictable kind of way. But on the other side, if we get used to things in a certain condition, it's pretty hard to change those. So people become accustomed to life as it has been. And when they consider change, on the one hand, change is always exciting. On the other hand, there's a a little sense of, "Uh uh-oh, now what? And that's what fear success is about, is the, "Uh uh-oh, now I got what I said I wanted, now what? Right, and this happens in all kinds of ways and places in relationships as well as in this what we consider to be success in, in work and in business. Absolutely. It's a very common condition out there, something that most everyone listening to this will be familiar with the notion of the comfort zone. And the comfort zone is a really uh, old concept, and one of the problems with the concept is that it's often misunderstood. Um, And the way it's misunderstood is that by the name comfort zone, it implies being comfortable. But what's really at work in a comfort zone is uh, something called familiarity. And people are most comfortable with situations where they're most familiar. And I know this sounds nuts, but uh, there are people who engage in very high-risk, high-danger, uncomfortable situations, some for their jobs. So think about a firefighter. And some because they, they find enjoyment uh, in it. Think about people who do rock climbing and things like that. Uh, it's dangerous. It's uncomfortable while you're doing it. And yet people are comfortable in the situation. And the reason they're comfortable is they're familiar. They know how to handle what's going to show up. Just like the firefighter knows what to do when certain situations happen in the burning building, and a rock climber knows what to do if they miss a grip or things like that. So familiarity is where we get trapped. And when we're comfortable in a situation, uh, the notion of changing that situation then says, I may have to step outside where I'm familiar. So think about a job. Uh, there's a lot of people who complain about their jobs. Um, and I, I call them members of the Ain't It Awful Club. They're the ones who say, well, man, you won't believe what happened to me today. It 
job. And by the way, this is the job they've been going to for the last n number of years. Uh, but they complain about it. And other members of the Ain't It Awful Club will jump on the bandwagon and say, well, Hope, if you think that's bad, wait till you hear this one. And I call that one downsmanship. Uh, we're always complaining, but that's because we're familiar with the complaint. Um, and so when a person gets really familiar with a stuck situation, it's uncomfortable thinking about changing it because something new in their behavior will be required. Now, that begins to set us up for this whole notion of fear of success. If we start to imagine uh, sort of our wildest success dream coming true, you know, some part of us gets excited. Uh, and another part says, uh, in sort of lurking in the back, says, now, wait a minute. I've tried and failed so many times. People are used to me failing. They don't look at me and say, there's Russell the failure. They just go, yeah, that's Russell. But what happens if everything changes? What happens if I become wildly successful? Now my brain starts to imagine, well, what will people expect of me then? I'll have to be even better. And then, oh, my God, what happens if it was a fluke? What happens if it blows up on me? What happens, what happens, what happens? And we start to imagine a condition that's not familiar. How do successful people behave? I know how to be my normal guy, but I don't know how to be the wildly successful guy. Uh-oh. And that's what begins to get in the way as people create negative fantasies about their success. And that's where the two come together in a very odd way. And, and you talk about this as um, settling for less as a very individual set of choices and definitions. Talk a little bit about that idea. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's again, this is almost uh, counterintuitive uh, when you think about it logically, but lots of things about us human beings aren't all that logical. So I like to use the example of what I call the weevily peanuts. And so the, the way I imagine that is, imagine that there's a banquet table of life, and I somehow get that I've been invited to join the banquet table. But what I've got right now in terms of my sustenance is a handful of peanuts that are infested with weevils. Not very appetizing, but there is protein there. The peanuts have the protein and the weevils are full of proteins and minerals. So I've got this weevily peanuts and I'm being asked to join the banquet table of life. So as I start to step toward the banquet table, the host says, oh, no, wait a minute, no weevily peanuts allowed. And then I start to go, um, what do you mean? He says, well, you can come to the banquet, Russell, but you have to let go of those peanuts and those weevils. Well, as soon as I drop them, and I imagine dropping them, my brain starts to say, well, what happens if I get up to the banquet table and they say, oh, no, just kidding? Or what if I get up there and it turns out that it was an illusion, it was a fantasy, it wasn't true? Or what if I get up there and everybody else ate all the good stuff? And brains start to do that. We do a negative what-if thinking. So if I'm doing the negative what-ifs, before I even step toward the banquet table, I may just hold on to that handful of weevilly peanuts and go, well, it may not be much, but at least I know what I have. Now, have you ever heard anybody say anything like that? Yeah, I think people think it all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, well, it's good enough. The problem with it's good enough is on one hand it is, but on the other hand, if you've got any ambition and you'd like to see if you can create something even better, 
then the question is, how do you build on what's already good so you can get to better? But if you don't build, then you wind up settling. And that's sort of the dilemma. And again, fear of success, what if I go after it and, and I wind up not being able to sustain it? The, the other fear that says, well, what if it's an illusion? And that prevents me from taking a new step. So it's an interesting challenge. Yeah, we kind of go around in circles in our minds. It keeps us very, very stuck. But there are some downsides to success, right? Well, it depends on your point of view. You know, when the, the term comfort zone was coined, it was actually coined by some research done at IBM uh, way back in the dark ages, back in the 50s. And what they found was that certain people who were sales staff paid on commissions, if they did really, really well, they wound up making a whole lot more money than all their compatriots. And uh, whereas that seems like a really good thing, they started to be treated differently by all of their other friends at IBM and actually in their own personal life as well. And the notion was, so what is it about you, Russell? We're not good enough for you anymore because all of a sudden you're this high flute success star. And people started to feel isolated because of their success. Now, we've all heard that old uh, cliche, it's lonely at the top. Well, it is because enough people have their own fear of success that they just as soon pull you down from yours as to risk going after their own. And that's where that gets really, really complicated. Again, what happens if I can't maintain it? Oh, my God, if I get there, then I'll be alone. And all of that starts to, to work against moving forward if you're not prepared. So the goal would be to kind of get yourself out of this mental circle of negativity, right? If you truly want to be success or you're ambitious and you want to get to the next level. So what do you, what do, you do? What do you tell yourself before you start? Well, there's a couple of uh, keys I've found over the years. The first is sort of Alice in Wonderland wisdom that says if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. So it's sort of that story of Alice being lost and comes upon the Cheshire Cat and says, well, which road should I take? Which way should I go? And Cheshire Cat says, well, where do you want to get? And she said, well, I don't know. And the Cheshire Cat says, well, then any road will do. Well, that's really wise counsel because every road leads someplace. Now, most people go through life and they come to a fork in the road and they go, oh, I don't know, hope you choose. And if I keep doing hope you choose, I wind up taking the choices hope wanted, but they may not be the one I wanted. Or I just flip a coin, or, or, or. But after 32 forks in the road later, I wind up someplace and I go, how the heck did I get here? I made the choices that got me there. And if I say that to a person, which I have many, many times over these many years, people, I didn't choose this. Well, no, you didn't choose this. You just made the choices that got you here. Now, the wisdom there says, well, if you know where you're trying to get, then you have a criteria around which to make a choice. How likely is this, that this choice to get me there? Not one choice will get you all the way there, but will get you on the path. And if that choice doesn't work out, you can say, okay, I'm trying to get to you know, Wisconsin, um, and you started off in Philadelphia, and maybe you made a wrong turn. Well, you don't have to give up and die. You just consult the map and go, oh, there's a different choice, and you get back on the road. Well, that's the, the, the trick of, of life. I mean, with 
Stephen Covey uh, made it very famous just by saying you start with the end in mind. A lot of people dismiss that as simplistic, but it's very powerful. You have to know where you're trying to get, and maybe even more importantly, why you're trying to get there. What do I want to have accomplished, and why does it matter? And if a person doesn't get clear on both of those, they can get what they want. I like to say I help people get what they think they want as fast as possible. So I can ask them, was that? Most mm -hmm. of us have had the experience of wanting something, getting it, and then wondering why we ever wanted it. That's because the why is just as important as the what. In fact, in many ways, it's more important. That makes perfect sense, absolutely. And these are actually, these two tips that you just shared are part of your nine tips for stepping out of your fear of success and into the life you deserve, which is our Tips for Entrepreneurs article on the June 2016 issue of Being Kenned at the Magazine, where you are our cover story. So you've given away two of these, or you've shared two of these. And number one, just to recap, is Tip number one, if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. Tip number two, imagine success before you even start. And this one I think is my favorite. Tip number three, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you focus on. Talk a little bit about that one. Well, it's very, very powerful. Um, here's a very simple opening to this. Wherever the, the person listening to this, wherever you are right now, uh, the room you're in is probably filled with multiple colors and you haven't been paying any attention to them. Why? Because the colors didn't matter. So if you look around the room right now and uh, you ask yourself, what's the, what's the predominant color? So the room I'm in, you know, the walls are on off-white, and, so, and the carpet's beige. So that's, you'd say, well, it's either off-white or beige. And I say, well, great. So that's the predominant color. Now look around the room and see if you find any instances of red. So... Uh, where you are, Hope, is there anything red? Yeah, my knapsack, actually, my book bag. <laughs> yeah, so there. And I can look at a couple of books, and on the, the spine there's some red. And, and, in fact, my own book has some red on it, which I forgot about. While you're looking at the red, in my case, where does the off-white go? It goes mm -hmm. right into the background. I don't even notice it because I focused on red. And if I change the focus to green, I won't even notice the red because your brain is constructed that way. It goes where you focus. So if I said, uh, for example, um, people oftentimes give themselves negative commands, you know, don't do this. So whatever you do while we're talking, don't think of a white polar bear. <laughs> you're going to think of a white polar bear because the brain only knows the object of focus. It doesn't know the negative construct. So if you tell yourself, well, what if this goes badly? The brain hears the instruction goes badly, and it starts to look for data to support it won't work. What if people don't like me if I succeed? Oh, okay, now we're going to look at how do we create people who don't like us. It, mm -hmm. It's very subtle. It may sound uh, silly to those who haven't really looked at this before, but it's the basics of neurology. Your brain only knows to go where you focus. So the question is, are you focusing on something worth achieving? Are you focusing on something worth experiencing? The more you hold the focus in your mind, which then goes to uh, tip two, imagine success before you start, start imagining what it will be like in the positive instance of it coming true. And the more you practice that in your head, 
the more familiar you become with the quality of success. In other words, you're building a new comfort zone. And if you do that enough, which is why visualization works. So, I mean, listen to successful people all over the planet. They talk about how they visualize success. They get so uncomfortable with the lack of success that they move strongly into the success that they seek. So if you don't know where you're going, get clear. Um, imagine success if you haven't done it before. And remember, you're only going to get what you focus on, so focus on something worth achieving, worth experiencing. Oh, I absolutely love that. What a great bunch of advice. Thank you, Russell Bishop. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, hope I'm hopeful that it helps others who are listening to this because it certainly helped me in my life. So to read more of Russell's tips, definitely log on to beincandescent.com and click on the June 2016 issue, which is live until July 1st. And also check out his tips for entrepreneurs, the nine tips for stepping out of your fear of success and into the life you deserve. And Russell's book is also our June 2016 book of the month, Work Around That Work. And to learn more about his book, his workshops, and everything that he's up to, go to russellbishop.com. So you are listening to the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on the Incandescent Radio Network. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, your host, and as always, it was a pleasure talking to you. Be incandescent. So that's it for today's Incandescent Entrepreneur Show, where we always ask, what's your story? If you have a good one and would like to be interviewed on the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show, send me an email to hope at hopegibbs.com. Check back every Monday at noon for a new episode of the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on the Incandescent Radio Network, www.incandescentradio.com. We look forward to talking to you next week. Here's to your incredible, indelible success.